Well, welcome to everyone tuning in today. Uh, very happy. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio on this beautiful kind of a cool spring day. And uh, here with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Hey, Jan, great to be with you today. Yeah, great to be here again. Absolutely. And, uh, with the uh, Easter season, you know, we looked at our last show at the seven saints of Jesus on the cross. Interesting, there was actually seven statements, not eight, not six, but he yeah. makes seven very important statements. And so as a result of that, I thought we would now look at the resurrection from a scriptural point of view, from a historic point of view, prophetic, and why the resurrection is so important, not for only our Christian faith, but also for our personal faith. We're going to see it empowers us because Jesus rose. We have that uh, resurrection power. It right. talks about Romans chapter 8. But if you want to start, David, a good place uh -huh. to start is Acts chapter 1. If you would read, uh, please, 1 through 3, verses sure. 1 through 3. Jesus taken up into heaven. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Thanks, David. Yeah. Okay, so this is Luke. Of course, he wrote the Gospel of Luke, and uh, now he's writing the Acts. So he really writes the most chapters in the mm -hmm. New Testament. Nobody wrote as much as Luke did. Right. But he's a physician. We know that. He was a good friend and a partner with Paul through mm -hmm. much of the book of Acts. But here he opens up by saying uh, to this person, maybe it was his sponsor, we don't know. Yeah. Theophilus means lover of God. We see right. Theo and Philios is the lover. Uh, but he says, I, I make an account, or this is like an orderly review uh, report of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. So, this, okay. We see that in the Gospel of Luke. Now we're going to see uh, what happens after Jesus goes back up to heaven. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. And he says, very important, whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Mm -hmm. That's very important. Jesus yeah. presents himself after his resurrection. We're going to look at a minute at least 11 different appearances. We're going to see with one person, with two people, uh, with the Apostle Paul. Another time right. he's uh, 500 people see him alive. So you have mm -hmm. a lot of eyewitnesses that Luke draws on perhaps. And we know that Jesus after his resurrection stayed on the earth for 40 days. Yeah. And that's where we pick it up here. He's going to ascend back into heaven. But he says these are many infallible proofs. And again, Luke is a physician. He's got an eye for detail. He's got an eye for information and data. He collects it all together. And he says they saw him for those 40 days. And he speaks of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Yeah. So this launches us into this whole thing that there's infallible proofs. There's If somebody wants to really research the resurrection... 
there's so many cards we could put on the table to yes. make a case for the resurrection. Absolutely. And this is the central uh, pillar, if you will, that holds up the entire Christian faith. As a matter of fact, just shifting gears here a little bit, when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Yeah, I have that one up. Yeah. Yep. And then if you look at verse 1 through 4, oh, okay. uh, this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. Well, actually, I had Corinthians uh, 15, 3 through 8 ready. So go ahead and do 1 through okay. 4. Okay, so this is, uh, uh -huh. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel. Now, this is the essential gospel. Right. Which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you stand. By which also you are saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, and lest you believe in vain. So he, he say it here, mm -hmm. I received it, now I'm giving it to you, but this he yeah. say it is the most important components or elements of what we call the gospel. Mm -hmm. Verse 3, for I deliver to you first of all. Some translation mm -hmm. would say most important of all. Yeah, first important. How, what does yours yeah. say? But mine says first important. See, this is, yeah. he doesn't just say it's important. He say this is first, first. important, yeah. ultimate uh, truth <laughs> right. being presented here. Mm -hmm. Now, just as a way of putting this in context, Many scholars believe this first letter to the Corinthians is one of the earliest letters of the church. This thing might have been written like 10 to 15 years after Jesus ascended back to heaven. It's early. Maybe, we don't know, maybe 50 A.D., maybe 54 A.D. So it's very early, but it's containing this central truth of the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. Now that's important. He says, I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. So notice this. Somebody had it. This is the apostles, the eyewitnesses. They developed it and they put it in this short little context. Then they gave it to Paul. Now Paul's giving it to us. Right. Do you see this transmission? It's like a, a relay race. Mm -hmm. You cannot let the baton drop. Mm -hmm. And when this happens and Christianity no longer holds to these central truths and we become a religion of good works or we become a religion of... Um, you know, philosophy or all, and takes mm -hmm. this out, we're no mm -hmm. longer, yeah, we no longer have the essential gospel. Mm -hmm. And the, every generation of Christians have to protect this, preach it, teach it, and pass it off to the next generation, right? Which would be their children and the grandchildren, right? So he says, I deliver to you, first of all, notice these elements, mm -hmm. priority, yep, that which I also received. Now, this is it. That Christ died for our sins. He did not die mm -hmm. a heroic death. A soldier can die a heroic death for his country. A martyr can die for mm -hmm. his faith. Mm -hmm. Somebody can run out in front of a car and push a child out of the way and he gets right. hit. Yeah. Uh, somebody could donate a kidney to a relative that needs a kidney and die in the process. Mm -hmm. And you could say he it was a benevolent. But Jesus is God coming to flesh. He dies an atoning death, a sacrificial death. He said, right. but it's very important. That's number one. We talked about it two weeks ago, the crucifixion. He died. Why did he die? For our sins. For our sins. What does the Bible say? Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So the blood was necessary. Way back at Passover, when the blood of the lamb was put on the doorpost, Israelites were in bondage, slavery for 400 years. How did they get out? Not through a war, not through a rebellion, not sneaked out. They got a lamb. Killed it, shed the blood, and put the blood on the doorpost. God says, when I go through Egypt that night, mm -hmm. when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Right. The blood got him freedom. Yep. We're freed from our sins through mm -hmm. the blood of Jesus. 
Okay, next verse. Notice it's according to the scriptures. Well, it's probably, he's referencing the Old Testament scriptures at this time because the, mm-hmm. the New Testament was in the process of being written. Right. That he was buried and that he arose again on the third day. We'll look at this third day in a moment, why it's so important. According to the scriptures. Yeah. That's it. There you have the essential gospel. Now, if you knock that out, you don't have a gospel. Right. So each of the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John all spend quite a bit of their text, yeah. uh, their reporting on the resurrection of Jesus. Right. Did you have a comment on that, David? We no. We cruise it on there. No, that, that's great. No, I'm just following with you right now. So. Well, you know, it, it, do you want to tie in? Um, well, are you, we going to keep reading three through eight? Yeah, you could read that because now you're, yeah. he's bringing in the scriptural proof. Right. Now he's going to bring in eyewitnesses. Yeah, th- this is really important. Read what that. I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and he appeared to Cephas. Who was Cephas? Peter. Cephas, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time, at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James... Jesus' brother, then to all the apostles, and the last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Okay, so now we have proof from the scriptures. He says Jesus was buried according to the scriptures. Jesus was risen according to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Now he's bringing up the proof of eyewitnesses. Yeah. So if you total these up, you're at like over 500. Yeah, easily. you had apostles. But he makes the case Mm -hmm. here. Many are still alive. Yeah. Again, this letter is written early, not mm-hmm. that far since Jesus' resurrection, ascension to heaven. Right. So what this means is they can go talk to some of these people if somebody's in doubt. Now, one of the things we find interesting about the resurrection, if mm-hmm. you study it, it, it when, um, and we'll come back to this chapter because it's very, well, we're going to stay in this chapter. <clears throat> one of the things that is very interesting is when Jesus was taken the other apostles were very fearful yeah because if he was taken and he's viewed as a revolutionary or right. a rebel mm-hmm. well after you kill the leader oftentimes you're going to go hunt up his followers mm-hmm. certainly the important followers and they it even says they were petra they were scared Absolutely. they were hiding out yeah well that's all going to change we're going to see in a moment their, their lives are going to be transformed but just as important where did the early church start well, if you read Acts of the Apostles from Acts chapter 1 mm-hmm. through Acts chapter 15, they're located in Jerusalem. Mm. Well, why would you locate at the very spot where your leader was killed if you were afraid to get caught or you know, or start oh, yeah. this new faith? Right. But if you saw he was risen, you, you have no fear. You're going to start that's your church. Right. And that's yeah. a very important point. It sure is. So... Paul will go on to say, when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is very, very important. And he says in verse 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there's no resurrection of the dead? There's people today that don't believe in the resurrection. Absolutely. But he's offering proofs for this. Mm -hmm. But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching... That's including Paul, is empty. 
your faith is also empty. Yep. He's going to say in a minute, it's going to be, it's like a big joke. Yes, and we are found to be false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, mm -hmm. whom he did not raise up. It is, in fact, he didn't rise. If Indeed, he didn't rise. For if the dead are, do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then you are like those fallen asleep and who have perished. If in this life we only have hope in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied. So if, if Jesus isn't risen, we're still in our sins. We are liars because we're saying he's mm -hmm. risen and he yeah. didn't. Our, our faith is a joke because right. we believe in uh, yeah. this man that rose, mm -hmm. like, you know. And, but if he has risen, mm -hmm. everything clicks to the other side. It sure does. Our sins are forgiven. Our witness is true. Because he rose, we're going to one day rise from the dead. And then he makes his case for this. And he says, uh, he has risen from the dead. This is according to the scriptures. And he goes way down mm -hmm. lower in this same chapter. And he talks about Adam. He says in verse 45, and it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. Remember when God passed right, yeah. mm -hmm. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And that's Jesus. Right. Because just as Adam started the first mm -hmm. of the new human race, in right. a, so Jesus has started a new human race, a new creation. We're, we're children of God now. The first yeah. man was of the earth, made of the dust. The second man is the Lord from right. heaven. There it is. Yeah. Straight up. There you it know, is. It, yeah. It's his deity. And so because of this, we, we are now, we have a hope that um, even though we die, we're going to rise from the dead. And that's yeah. why if you look at 51, this chapter is loaded with resurrection. Oh, yeah, Reverend. definitely. Verse 51 yeah. in this very chapter. Maybe you could read it there sure. if you want. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. In the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will be changed. Mm -hmm. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that. See yeah. that? So he's saying here, um, because Jesus rose from the dead, therefore we are going to rise from the dead. Even though you die, if I die and I'm buried for 50 yeah, years, right. We're going to rise from mm -hmm. the dead. That's yeah. that's that's the, what's called the blessed hope. It's a yeah. future event. But because of that, we don't we don't have this fear of death, like this right. morbid fear of death. That's why he says, "Death is swallowed up in victory." Oh, death, where is your sting? In other right. words, why is yeah. it painful? Right. Oh, Hades, underworld, where is mm -hmm. your victory? Yeah. Then he says, "Thanks be to God who gives us the victory." How through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you look at verse twenty of the same chapter. Look at uh, verse mm -hmm. 20, verse 20 and 21. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, 
the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. There you go. Right. And so, the first man was Adam. Like exactly right. Yeah. So if you go out, remember about a month ago, there was snow and ice covering. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> then you look out and mm -hmm. uh, you see coming out of the ground, particularly a daffodil, you know, this flower. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's a daffodil. Mm -hmm. And that tells you that there's a great harvest coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a great uh, flowers and trees right. are going to blossom. Yeah. So yeah. too, he's saying here, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit. Yeah. In other words, because he came out of the ground mm -hmm. through his resurrection, that tells us there's a great coming out of the ground in our resurrection. Do you right. see how this is connected yeah. together? Yeah. It, it goes back to an ancient feast day oh, yeah. uh, in uh, ancient Israel. It's so tied together. Yeah. You know, you got Passover and then mm -hmm. you got the um, first fruits and then later you're going to have Pentecost and all of those yeah. from the Old Testament are related to the church of how Jesus died, was buried, came out of the ground and then sends his Holy Spirit, you know, uh, 50 days, essentially 50 days later after his resurrection. So here we see all of this kind of emphasis on the resurrection. And if you study the sermons of the Acts of the Apostles, they all are talking about death, burial, resurrection. Yeah. Death, burial. It's They're not speaking initially mm -hmm. of morals, ethical system, of mm -hmm. philosophy. Yeah. All of that is contained within Christianity. But the central point was death, burial, resurrection. And that's what distinguishes Christianity from any other religion. Oh, heck yeah. They don't have it, David. They yeah. have they have a, a system of teaching, let's say Buddhism mm -hmm. or Islam, you know, keep these truths, avoid this kind of uh, uh, misbehavior, you know, but, bad, yeah. but not Christianity. <laughs> you're, you're, we're buried with Christ, we're risen with Christ. This is really what the picture of baptism is all about. Yeah. We go down under the water, uh -huh. type of death, yeah. and we're raised up newness of life. So all through the scripture, we see this this thing about, uh, in other words, the Christian life is not about turning over a new leaf. Mm -hmm. It's literally getting a new life. Right. I know you had something to share on that. Dude. Well, no, I, you know, one of the, uh, the, well, the importance of the resurrection, there's a bunch of different items, but the one I like is John 11, 25, where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Right. And, you know, and so Jesus is claiming he's the source of both, right, John? Yeah. And so there's no resurrection apart from Christ, and there's no eternal life. Exactly. And he, and, you know, so he does more than just give life. Um, you know, that's why death has no power over him. And as followers of Christ, we too, death has no power over us. That's right. And, and that's, that's really, I think that's really the turning event. Uh, for you to realize, you know, people ask, well, why are you following Jesus Christ? You know? Right. Uh, th th that's that's it. You know, not only did he come down uh, from, uh, you know, just uh, eternity and and just the beautiful world that he was in, but by doing this, we now are free. We are no longer dead carcasses, and we have the ability to share in the same things he has shared in. Yeah, I all mean, the way through. It, it offers us. We'll look yeah. in a moment. It offers us a future hope. Right. That is uh, that, uh, that everybody we know that died in Christ. Yeah, they're going to be quickened. Their body yes. is going to be changed. How cool is that? Yeah, I what mean, what else do you need? Well, yeah. it, it, life's biggest mystery. One of right. life's biggest mysteries is death. What happens after death. you die? Right. Death. Right. You know, and people mm -hmm. fear death. Yes, and, they do. But if you've ever been with a Christian in the dying process, and I have been, um, it's different. 
I mean, they don't want to die and they don't mm -hmm. want to, you know, leave loved ones and everything behind. But nevertheless, that, that says the stinger is taken out of it. Yeah. And, you know, for me, tell me if this is your impression, but before I was a Christian too, you know, the fear of death drove some actions of mine. There, there's no other way to say it. Sure. Where I'm like, if this is it, then, you know, um, I don't have to worry about anything else. I'm going to do what I want right, to do. Right. But the beauty about this, when you understand this verse and you understand what happened, then it also can transform your behavior now. Oh, yeah. Right away. And, and that's, that's the importance of it. Is, uh, you know, I, I like when you mentioned the metaphor you said that I forgot who you told me when we were... Uh, you know, doing some research together and you were teaching me, you, you talked about a friend of yours that said it's kind of like a TV. And when you die, you, it just goes atheist, off. There, yeah. There's nothing on the tube. Right. So, right. yeah. Yeah, I mean, here, when you, life after death, I mean, what happens when we die is like the biggest mm -hmm. question we can yeah. ask. I mean, besides, is there a God? Mm -hmm. But never, but there's not that many explanations either. Like you just said, the atheist would say, well, there's no soul, yeah. there's no personality, nothing right. survives your last breath. You just go back to the ground. And uh, some of the Eastern religions, Buddhism or Hinduism, would say, well, you're going to be reincarnated. You're going to keep coming back in karma, reincarnation. But the scripture says, no, it is appointed man wants to die and then comes the judgment, you yes. know, heaven or hell. Hebrews chapter 9, right. verse 27. Well, that <laughs> what source of authority are you going to weigh your whole eternity on? No I mean, an yeah. atheist is hoping right. against hope that when he wakes up in eternity, there's no God because there's a judgment. Right. And reincarnation just means you're going to keep coming back, maybe as a human, maybe as an animal, to keep working out this mm -hmm. reincarnation, your karma. You're, you have yeah. a certain amount of debt. But Christianity says, you know, I go to prepare a place for you. That if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come and take you to that that place I've made for you, John chapter 14, 1 right. through 6. Yeah. So that's a powerful promise because death is inevitable. We're all going to die. Nobody gets out of this thing, you know, 100%. You know, death is certain. Yeah. You know, I, I like what Apostle Paul says when he was talking about the impact of the resurrection of Christ. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain because we know we're going to have resurrection and new right, life. Right, right. And so, <clears throat> you know, yeah, there's a lot of struggles here on, here on earth, but there's a reason that we're here and uh, we're supposed to create disciples, but we're supposed to endure the hardships because we know what's coming. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and we know the sacrifice Christ had for us. So that that really was the turning point for me when I actually stopped just reading it and let it let it assimilate into my brain and I started to work it out with you. Mm. Because before, you know, even when I was younger as a Roman Catholic, I would just read it and I'm like, okay, I'll go to church on Sunday and, and that's about it. And, and we've, we've brought that up a few times. And I only bring it up because it's important you got to sit and think it over. Yeah. You can't just read it and then, as you said, do your good works, show up to church once a week and say you're in good shape, you're going to heaven. That's not how it works, man. No. You, you it's, know, it's, right, John? Because the Christian faith is not just informational. It's yes. transformational. Right. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's changing you. The Bible, I mean, if, yeah. it clearly says 
that we are dead in our trespasses and sin. Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. That's our problem. It's not that we do mm -hmm. sinful things or bad things and get or drunkards or pornography. Yeah, all those things. That's just a fruit of a broken relationship with God. Okay, that's the bitter fruit. But the, our man's main problem is he's separated from God. That's yes. why the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, you, that's mm -hmm. a huge chasm. That's right. A, uh, how, how can a sinful man even approach an all-holy God? It'd be like you go to Jones and Lachlan Steel and just... We're dressed like this now, and we just walk into one of those blast furnaces. You could, you're gone in a mm -hmm. second. So, too, you could go into those blast furnaces if you got the right covering, asbestos mm -hmm. uniforms, shields, mm -hmm. all you could go into that. So, too, to go into the presence of God, we must be rightly covered. That's why it says in Revelation that the saints of God are wear white robes that are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Mm -hmm. So when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. Yes. And that's why it'll say in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 that mm -hmm. he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of right. God. And Amen. that's the resurrection crossover. It, Jesus yeah. just did not, like all other religious teachers, give information. Mm -hmm. You know, do this, don't do that. Uh, here's some wisdom. Here's some mm -hmm. Proverbs. Yeah, Jesus gave us teaching and parables and the Sermon on the Mount, mm -hmm. remarkable teaching. Yeah. And modeled and also fulfilled prophecy. Right. But what he did is he died, and he didn't have to die. He did nothing wrong. Yeah. And he rose from the dead. And as a result, the welcome mat is out for every single one of us. I mean, this thing of the resurrection goes way back in time. If you look I, at the book of Job, yeah. which is arguably the oldest book in the Bible. Okay. I mean, it's yeah. some predate. Right. Right. You know, okay. the, the Torah. Yeah. But nevertheless, it's old, right? But look what this prophet sees here in uh, Job chapter 19, uh, verse 23. Verse chapter 20, 19, mm -hmm. verse 23. He says, Oh, that my words were written. In other words, he wants these yeah. inscribed. They're very important. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Well, they are. Oh, that they were engraved on a rock. See, he wants this thing permanent yeah, for yeah. people to know this truth with <laughs> right. an iron pen and lead forever. So he wants this. What is it? He wants us to know. Mm -hmm. For I know that my Redeemer lives. lives. Right. So what does it mean to be a Redeemer? A Redeemer is someone that gives to get back. Mm -hmm. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, you redeem something mm -hmm. is to buy back. Mm -hmm. Well, our Redeemer lives because he gave his life to redeem us. But he just didn't redeem us and die. He lives. And he says, mm -hmm. and he, our Redeemer, shall stand on, at last on the earth. That's his second coming, right? Yeah. And then he says, how does it affect me? And after my skin is destroyed, this I know. In other words, after he's yeah. decayed in the yeah. grave, thousands of years, that in my flesh I shall see God. Wow. In other words, he's yeah. going to have a new body. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Whom I shall see for myself, With and my eyes. eyes shall behold and not another. Oh, how my heart yearns, within, yearns me. within me. Yeah, and you know, John, you brought up a few times, and I've seen it too, uh, Christians die really well mm. a lot of times because they they know where they're going. Yeah, right. You know, it's not finality when, when we close our eyes. And, and so that, you know, I, John, I, I think this really drives so many 
behavior patterns if you don't have this true oh, system. Yeah. If you don't have this belief system and true system, I mean, take a look at the disciples. You know, at, if you take a look at, at one of the truth uh, formulations of, you know, did Christ actually, right. you know, rise from the dead, you look at the apostles who, you know, really were scared Fishermen doubtful, and doubtful, doubtful. they ran, they hid after he died, they thought it was over. And then when he resurrected, you just see the transformation in a couple hundred years across the empire. You know, it was bigger than, you know, pagan worship That's in right. just that short period of time. Not only that, but look at how these disciples were killed. Seven of them, I think, were crucified. Peter, Andrew, James, Philip, Simon... Uh, who else did I write down? Okay, those guys were crucified. The other ones were killed. James was stoned. Yeah, James was hip stoned. Thomas Spear. Speared in India. Oh, yeah, eight, actually. Bartholomew crucified. James the sword. And Thaddeus killed by arrows Paul is what beheaded. I wrote down. Right. Yeah. So when you take a look at that, um, on top of over 520 you know, or 30 people seeing him, at the same time, over those 40 days, um, I mean, gosh, you couldn't make this up. And, and also, w would a ghost eat fish? Yeah, because right. he went, he went well, to the apostles and ate with them. Not only I, that. I, right, but I know, but there's... <laughs> but Thomas says, I won't believe unless I actually see the wounds in his yes. hands and his side. Right, and then he put his so hands in his So he wounds. wasn't right. a spirit. He, right. Jesus did not raise like an angel uh -huh. or a spirit or yeah. a ghost. He was real, physically right. real. Now right. he has a resurrection body, mm -hmm. but he says to Thomas, Thomas, blessed are you because you see and believe. Mm -hmm. That is to say, I'm risen from the dead. More mm -hmm. blessed are those that do not see and believe, which would be us. Yeah. Because we go on the authority of the word of God. That's right. And history. And then we have the subjective, you know, yeah. how it impacted us, you know, as an individual. Uh, that's why it'll say in Romans chapter 8, and this is where it gets to be very practical, the resurrection of Jesus. I mean, very personal. Let me put it that way. He says um, that, that we, we have this new life in mm -hmm. Jesus Christ because of his resurrection. Verse 9 of chapter 8 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he's not his. See, that's... There's your working definition of a Christian. Is the Holy Spirit in you or is the Holy Spirit not in you? That's it. That's why it says in John chapter 1, verse 12, to as many as received him, to them he gave the power or the privilege to become a child of God. Then he goes on to say in Romans 8, verse 10, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now look at verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you mm -hmm. the same spirit the holy spirit that rose jesus he who raised christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies yeah. through his spirit who dwells in you yeah that's yeah, this is the truth david in my travels over many years this is where i think a lot of christian mm -hmm. people that go to church don't yeah. understand yeah like you said earlier do good works give money to the poor mm -hmm. Uh, try to live a moral life, uh, you know, light candles, worship, whatever. But that's not what gets you life. You know, see, you should do those yeah, things. I'm right. not saying. Oh, yeah. But you do it afterwards. Right. Because of, mm -hmm. but first thing you need is new life. We're mm -hmm. dead. 
and our trespasses. And mm-hmm. it's saying here, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ in you, you don't belong to Him. Yeah. But if you do, you have the empowerment. You have the empowerment. And so, John, I think we should explain that a little bit further. The Spirit of God lives in you. How do Christians know that that's a fact, and how do they get there? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Yeah. It'll say, in, like I said, I was quoting from John, where uh, it says, uh, Jesus came to his own, that's the yeah. Jewish nation, his own received him not. He was rejected mm-hmm. by and large. But then it'll go on to say in verse 12, this is the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, mm-hmm. that's ask yeah. him into your heart, <clears throat> you know, commit your life yeah. to Jesus Christ, turn from your old ways. To them he gave the right to become children of God in those who believe in his name. So that's why he'll say to Nicodemus, mm-hmm. who's a very religious man, he's probably very moral, he comes to Jesus and says, you are a man of God. And Jesus says right out of the gate, you must be born again. Yeah. You see, you must be born again. That is to say, you need that spirit of God in you to quicken you. And then you go into like, let's say, into Ephesians chapter 2, you see that our condition is really, before we come to Christ, we're in bad shape. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, if you just read those two verses, chapter 2, verses right. 1 and go 2. Go ahead and say that again. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 3. It, this is who we are before sure. we're in Christ. <clears throat> as, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, which is the enemy, or Satan, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Notice that. Now this, yeah. notice Paul includes himself in this. Oh, yeah. He said, <clears throat> first and foremost, yeah. we're dead, mm-hmm. right from the get-go. He says, right. you're dead in your trust. Number two, we're walking according to the course of this world, mm-hmm. the fallen world. Yeah. The fallen world drags us down. Mm-hmm. It's, the world is not pro-God, okay? It's not anti, you know, the world yeah. system. He's not talking about the globe. He's talking about the world system. According to the prince and the power of the air. Well, who's that? The devil. That's right. The demon. So yeah. you see the, the flesh, the yep. devil. And then he goes mm-hmm. down here, verse 3, among whom we, mm-hmm. all, all of us, yeah. once conducted ourselves in the lust of what? The flesh. Right. Fill in the desire and right. the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath. Right. See? Uh-huh. There's children of wrath. You accept mm-hmm. Jesus, you can become the children of grace. You see this? Yes. The world, the flesh, the devil. Right. Have got us in the, the but then he, then he says verse four but God I love that but God who is rich in his mercy because of his great love which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ and verse six and raised us up together see the resurrection yeah and made us sit <clears throat> together in heavenly places with Christ mm-hmm. Jesus so what we're seeing here is there's the transaction from death to life mm-hmm. from being opposed to God to being a child of God. And how do you do that? Well, again, it's, it's simply, I don't want to say it's simply, but what you want to do is yeah. you realize, for God so mm-hmm. loved the world that he gave his only mm-hmm. begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, mm-hmm. you believe. It's, uh, and in and, and that belief, you're, you're making your commitment to him. 
It's, it's like a guy goes into a church <clears throat> right. as a bachelor, right? Mm-hmm. He goes into a church in front of these witnesses, and yeah. he makes a oath or he makes a declaration that he's going to take this woman to be his wife and his bride for the rest of his life, right? right. And in so doing, the two are joined together. So too, when we come to Christ, it's like we come in to a relationship, a commitment to Jesus Christ where we're wedded with him, where our spirit is now quickened with his Holy Spirit. And that's why Paul will say in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but it's not me, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I live in this this body for another 40 years or so, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me that's the key. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So um, some people ask me, what is the prayer to receive Jesus Christ as a Savior? You can look that up. And can I read it just sure. now just so people understand how to do this? Jesus, I believe you, and you can say it with me. Um, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross to rescue me from sin and death and to restore me to the Father. I choose now to turn from my sins, my self-centeredness, in every part of my life that does not please you. I choose you. I give myself to you. I receive your forgiveness, and I ask you to take your rightful place in my life as my Savior and Lord. Come reign in my heart. Fill me with your love in your life, and help me to become a person who is truly loving, a person like you. Restore me, Jesus. Live in me. Love through me. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. That's one version. Amen. Yeah, no. But, but that's because in reading this, you know, it dawned on me that a lot of people might not understand how do we get the Holy Spirit into us and mm-hmm. how do we take Jesus. Right. We talked about saying, you know, please forgive me for any of my sins. I'm yours. But uh, I think that prayer is pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. And Peter will say in First Peter chapter 1, therefore, as a newborn baby, you yeah. know, you accepted mm-hmm. Christ. You're like a child. Desire the sincere milk of the word, and one of the ways that uh, you know I, you I can identify new life in Christ. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, um, "If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and died for you, and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved." So it's the idea right. of you you've made that commitment now. Again, I compare it to like a wedding or a marriage. You you can make that commitment then. Get into the Word of God. Then yeah. get baptized if you've not been baptized. Mm-hmm. Then join a fellowship. Be part of a church. Have to be. Those, yeah. If you don't, you, it's like life. It's like Jesus talked about the seed and the sower. If you don't get a root system, I've known people that I think have accepted Christ, but they have no. They don't do any of the follow up. They don't. They're not into Scripture. Right. They don't belong to church. They're not in fellowship. <clears throat> they don't. They 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 are in and out of sin. They don't live in a victory. You know. They don't confess Christ. Well, it withers. You know what I it mean? It does. You yeah. know. But it, it, we're meant to go and grow. Right. And and that's the that's the fact of the matter. Yeah. You know? So. The resurrection. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, it's in all the gospels. There's yeah. much put emphasis is put on the resurrection. Right. But as we've seen in Romans eight. Jesus' resurrection has an impact in our life today. Now, if you study the scripture, Jesus says something very interesting. He says, uh, I have the power to lay my life down and take it up again. There you see it's Jesus doing it. But in Romans 8, it says the Holy Spirit 
is the one that that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And then in Acts, it'll say the Father, God the Father raised Jesus. So you see the Trinity working in this whole thing with the resurrection. It's quite beautiful yeah. once you see how yeah. they work in concert. But it is the central uh, claim. Now, what what are some well, of the reasons? Go on, David. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, the other key thing, John, is the fact that this really does uh, point to the fact that Jesus was the Son of God, yeah, you know, right. his deity. And Acts 17, 2, 2 to 3, it also validates the Old Testament prophecies that foretold of Jesus' suffering and resurrecting. But if you, you have to get that piece, because if you think he's just a great prophet or a really strong holy man, you are missing the boat and none of this works. Miss it all. Yeah, because the bottom line is he was the creator of heaven and earth. And if God exists and he created the universe and he has the power over it, then he has the power to raise the dead. Yeah. And, you know, so they all tie together. You have to believe that. Gotcha. And you have to understand that point. So, um, you know, the beautiful thing for me is, you know, we talked about it being one of the, the best love stories of all time, where, you know, the Garden of Eden, perfection was there. They were walking, Adam and Eve were walking with God every day in the early mornings. They had everything they needed, and and then they had to have that 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 fruit from the tree that God told us not to touch. Mm. But the whole story throughout the Bible brings us back to the Garden of Eden, right. the perfect Garden of Eden, and the way it's going to be in heaven. And that's why Christ had to come down. That's what the story is all about. Exactly. You know yeah. that it, it's it's coming back to where we were in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh... It, there's a certain it's, simplicity right. with I mean, it, you right, know. The, yeah, yeah, there's a certain simplicity right. to the whole story. Right. And if somebody is really seeking mm -hmm. and will look into it, you you, you see it. You know, I mean, and, yeah. and it, the benefits are incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, the benefits are just off the chart. Yeah. You know, to have the assurance of salvation, to have power over sin, to have the uh, power over demons mm -hmm. and spirits. We may not think about it in America that much, but this is very real around the world. Uh, to have the ability to pray and see answers to prayer, to have something to share with somebody that can change their life forever. Yes. And to know the best is yet to come. Yeah, and it also gives you a sound mind. Yeah. You know, it, it gives you, it's the rock for how you can live your life. Yeah. You know, because Satan's all about trying to make our world as chaotic as possible, driving people to addictions, breaking up oh, yeah. marriages, you know, breaking up uh, offspring relationships with parents, uh, creating wars uh, throughout the world. So, you know, this really is the, the center point of our belief system. And when you know the creator of the universe sent his son and that we are now free, you also have to remember that all the chaos going on in the universe is now under his authority yeah, exactly. again. Yeah, all power it's under authority. his authority yeah. again. We have won the battle. Um, the, the, I wrote, there's 10 reasons the resurrection of Christ is important. Can oh, I read good. those? Oh, good. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, you know, it, it'd, be a, it'd be a nice way to... Uh, one, the resurrection of Christ means that we are justified before God. Two, the resurrection of Jesus Christ shows that Jesus defeated death. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ that believers means that believers are united with Christ. Four, the resurrection of Jesus Christ confirms the truth of the Scripture. That's important. Yes. Prophecy, yeah. Five, the resurrection of Jesus Christ proves the gospel to be true. He is the Son of God, and the story is true, and it's the hand of God. 
The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that Jesus is the Son of God. Mm -hmm. The resurrection of Jesus Christ means that the Holy Spirit will be poured out into the hearts of those who believe. The resurrection of Jesus Christ gives Christians a living hope. Mm -hmm. The resurrection of Jesus Christ means that we will be raised like him. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ means that Christ will judge the world in righteousness. All of those. Man. So... I mean, all these benefits. We're going to be raised like him, Jack. Exactly. I mean, come on. That's the that's the important thing, and that's called the blessed hope. And and we we're not free from sin. Right. So I mean, Christ, you know, he never knew sin, but to think that we're going to be raised like Christ. Yeah. I mean, man, if that doesn't drive you in, into this faith system, that's wow. what it says in First Corinthians. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, First John chapter one that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when we see him, we will be like him. In other words, right. our bodies are going to be changed. It says in the twinkling of an eye, like a blink. Right. Yeah. And we got all new bodies that won't t- tire out, yeah. that won't be painful. Mm-hmm. So you have all these reasons. You have the scriptural reason to believe. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, for example, when Peter is preaching about the resurrection of Jesus, yeah. he says, he quotes from Psalm 16. He's giving his sermon in chapter 2 of the book of Acts. And he's quoting. Uh, to a Jewish audience, but he says, verse 25, mm-hmm. for David says concerning him, yeah. the Christ, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he's at my right hand that I might not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoices. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. Watch this. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. So he makes the point yeah. in this sermon this can't be written about David because David's. He points over. Mm-hmm. He says David is buried over there, and he's in his tomb, and he's he's corrupted. I mean, he's in decay. So he is not the one. He says the holy one that didn't see decay is Jesus. Yeah. He makes that case. Right. So there you have the prophetic. Number one, like you brought out, these lives were transformed. Mm-hmm. The early oh, believers, heck, yeah. even right. critics of Christianity, will say something happened. Now. If they take somebody in and say, deny the resurrection of Jesus, mm-hmm. and they saw the resurrected Christ, not, even if they're, they're going to be killed, they're not going to deny it. Yeah. Here's what, here's what Chuck Colson said. He made a very good point once. He was part of the Watergate conspiracy, right? Yeah. He said, those guys all got together, John Hellman, Ehrlichman, Jan, mm-hmm. John Dean, Nixon, yeah. Colson, and they says, let's hold tight this story. You know, they're basically a lie that they broke mm-hmm. into Watergate and all this. Well, he said, that thing lasted about a month and a half. You know why? Yeah. The authorities started turning up the pressure and says, if you don't tell, here's the prison sentence. And it started cracking. And yeah. people started, you know, pleading out, you know, basically because the little pressure was put on and it broke apart. But pressure was put on that early church constantly, but they wouldn't deny the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So... Then, so you have that. You have the transformation of the first and second century. Why did this thing grow so fast, so quickly, amidst a very hostile environment? Number three, there's unbelievers, yeah. historians that wrote about this. Josephus, uh, I'm looking at a couple now, Cornelius, Tacitus. Yeah. Yeah. He writes about this man called Christus that was uh, you know, killed, crucified. Josephus even talks about the resurrection. These are not believers, you know. They're just historians back in that day and age. Um, mm-hmm. On and on, you can just study some of these guys. And Pliny, and 
others. Then you have the idea that the central message of the preaching of the early church was death, burial, resurrection. It wasn't do good. I mean, all those things are good. Don't live a mm-hmm. sinful life. But the primary message, the theme, is the death, burial, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Death, burial, resurrection. Um, another, it, it, You know, John, and then the other thing, too, you know, we brought this up with the crucifixion of Christ. This is also another important point, is the fact that when the thief uh, looked at Jesus and said, you know, um, when you go to your kingdom, will you remember me? Right. And he said, from, and Jesus said, from that day on, you'll be with me in paradise. I mean, so really, I, I think the enemy plays around in your brain that there is no way, given the sins that you've committed personally, regardless of what it is, adultery, uh, drugs, alcohol, or, you know, you beat somebody to a pulp, I don't know, whatever sure, it might sure. be, um, there is that freedom regardless of the time you come to Christ, all the way up to the end. Yeah, right. All right. the way up to the end. Right. And then remember we, we talked about that visual in the throne room, and this I never studied the throne room until we did the show uh-huh. uh, a few months ago, where you know you see the bloody lamb is right next to God right. in the throne room like it just happened. So that means that any time, regardless, whether it's 100 years from now, 1,000 years from now, 20 years from now, it is still working for you. Right. It's not past tense. Right. It's present. And, and I, think, I think that visual, you know, is supposed to help us humans because we're dense. Yeah. That, you know, this just didn't happen at that period of time and it's over. Exactly. It, it, it's continuous. Yeah. It's forever. Yeah. You know, that gift. So, yeah. you know, there you have it. You know, you got... Uh-huh. The, the the scriptures and the fulfillment mm-hmm. of prophecy, which right. we could go on and on about. Oh, yeah. Number two, the transformed lives of the early church, particularly the apostles. Mm-hmm. They would not deny they saw the risen Christ. Number three, the rapid expansion of the church. Now, this is important because, yeah. A, they, they headquartered in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. You would think they'd go back home up to the Galilee. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot safer. But no, they headquarter the early church in Jerusalem, the very place that their leader was killed. Right. Number th- four... Uh, where is the body? If somebody says he didn't rise, well, who, where's the body? Yeah. You know, I mean, did somebody steal it? Did somebody... Mm-hmm. Number five, there's high detail. They go see the tomb. It's empty, but they see the cloth, the burial cloth, all folded together. Mm-hmm. The high detail. Yeah. And if somebody robbed the body, they wouldn't take the time to take off the, the burial shroud and fold right. it up neatly. You know? Right. So uh-huh. on and on, you see it. It also has principles of embarrassment. And what I mean by that... It talks about Peter's denial. Yeah. It talks about how the other apostles ran away and were afraid before right. the resurrection. Mm-hmm. It talks about how women were the first. Yes. And now that's, the, yes. in that first century, a woman didn't have credibility. Because no. they thought, oh, this is too emotional. Her testimony wasn't even admissible in court. No. Yeah. And they thought, oh, come on. this isn't. Why? Those were the first eyewitnesses. Yeah. And so if you're trying to fabricate this story well you wouldn't have no way you would have nicodemus yeah. you'd have peter you'd have john they would be the mm-hmm. first ones because of all their credit but these are women no kidding so it, <laughs> yeah. it goes contrary it does to, to, the other thing is it was open now to gentiles i mean notice what happened i mean these are jewish people right the early church now they're they're worshiping on sunday yep they're believing that this man is god come in the flesh Mm-hmm. They, they, they believe that Gentiles could come in and share in this salvation, can have the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
they no longer demand that they should be circumcised or keep dietary kosher. It was a tsunami. But what caused that? Even it's kind of like you do backward mm -hmm. engineering. Yeah. You know, you extrapolate yeah, yeah, backwards. Yeah. What caused it? Now, all kinds mm -hmm. of people, critics mm -hmm. that oppose Christianity or don't believe it, they yeah. try to come up with answers. But the simplest answer is the most obvious answer that Jesus rose from the dead. Yes. You know, I mean, it's just... Yeah, it's 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 simple, it, but it's not simplistic. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's profound. Yeah. It, I always use the acronym DEBRA. Mm -hmm. D for death, B for burial, <clears throat> R for resurrection mm -hmm. and A for ascension. Yeah. And, and the other thing, you know, I, I think there were four key elements for the resurrection. As you said, first uh, testimony being uh, from women with Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, who went to view the tomb. The number of people that saw him in those days, but also the fact, how they get around the Roman guards? That's right. You know, the, that sucker was, was, was sealed up. Oh, I've seen the stones. Yeah, with their emblem saying this is Roman property. Yeah, right. If you touch that, you're dead. Oh, and, yeah. and also, the Roman soldiers fled and came back, and then they were paid off not to say anything right. from the way the story goes. Yeah. So all of that, you know, just adds up to the reality of what we're talking about here. It's easier um, to believe yeah. than Then the transformation of the religion. Right. Those are real four key elements yeah. that, of yeah. all the ones. And the last one yeah. is your own subjective experience. And, and you know, the, the other thing I like, I know we don't have much time, but, you know, a lot of people talked about the swoon theory where he just got beat yeah, right. up and he was laying in the tomb, right. you know, half passed out. Not a chance. And, you know, um, the atheist John Warren Wallace, before, when he was an atheist, he's now a Christian, but he said the deciding factor for him is when he read in Scripture about the fact that blood came out and then water. And I'll just keep it simple, but he said that that um, little-known biological fact wouldn't be discovered for another 1,800 years right. after the fact. So John really, in his mind, was just reporting what he saw. And so it, it, even when I read that with, with Wallace, that was kind of a deciding factor for him because he was part of the swoon theory too, exactly. thinking Christ wasn't really dead. Right, right. And, and, and it, there's so many things like that that really add up, and that converted him to become a strong Christian. Yeah, so yeah. if you have a scale, if right. you have a weighing scale and you're putting out yeah. proof on this side and, yeah. and, 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 mm -hmm. and non-proof on this side, right. how is this thing tipping it's tipping in the in the side of the resurrection. Sure he is. rose from the dead, yeah. and then you get somebody like Paul, who was an arch enemy, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he meets the risen Christ. You know, on the road yeah. to Damascus. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would encourage a for believers to be strengthened in your mm -hmm. faith as you yeah. go back into the scriptures and a, appropriate the fact that Jesus is alive and yeah. that His Holy Spirit that He sent empowers us, as right. it says in Romans eight. The other thing, if you're not a believer and you're happy to listen to this program this morning, mm -hmm. I would really encourage you to prayerfully look at the Gospel of John and look at the resurrection account and yes. ask God to reveal himself to you. Right. You know, he says, if you will seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. It's not God's will that any should perish, mm -hmm. but that all may come to repentance. Absolutely. So God bless yeah. David. And, uh, yeah. You know, we, we, we enjoy the fruits of the resurrection and Absolutely. the death and the yeah, burial and the resurrection. Praise God. Yeah. And so... Uh, so we look forward to a show next week. We have some special guests lined up and some other topics. And just want to pray that everybody out there has a blessed uh, week. Yeah, and, have, uh, yeah. Have a great weekend, everybody. God bless. God bless you. Take care.